rugby. It's America's fastest growing sport and the predecessor of American football. Combining football's physicality, the free-flowing grace of soccer, the ball-handling skills of basketball, and the intensity of ice hockey. No pads, no helmets, all action. Rugby Wrap-Up and Major League Rugby, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. on Your View. Watch the Austin Gilronis take on your San Diego Legion, Thursday, May 28th at 5 p.m. on Your View. Welcome to another episode of Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer. Excited today to catch up with Matt McCarthy, RugbyWrapUp.com, also calls Major League Rugby on TV. Uh, Matt, great to have you. Before we get started with today's episode, this reminder, please give us an auto-download on your podcast platform. You get future episodes automatically. Left Coast Sports is on most podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, the free iHeartRadio app, YouTube, Spotify, and others. You can leave a review, and you can follow me on Twitter as well, at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Matt, I appreciate you taking a few minutes for us here today. And for those that aren't really familiar with Major League Rugby, how does it compare to other rugby leagues around the world? Well, uh, it's, it's in its fifth season. And professional rugby has only been around on the planet since 1996. So mm. even even though you know the other leagues around the world are, you know, more more competitive, uh, have more money, have more funding, they're not that old either. You know, it's not like we're dealing with the Cubs or the Yankees or the Red Sox, right? These these teams that have been around forever, they've only been around since '96, and this is the fifth season for um, Major League Rugby. And you know, the United States tends tends to handle sports entertainment pretty well. So I say pretty good. So what's the long-term goal? Like you mentioned, a fifth season. I know the league has grown in terms of number of teams up to now 13 teams in 2022. In your opinion, what's the long-term goal for the league in terms of growth with the number of teams and how to grow the sport over the course of um, this country? Well, the first part of that is they started with seven teams in the inaugural season, Mm -hmm. right? And then they got that hit by that thing called COVID, which you'd think would have crushed a startup league, and it didn't. In fact, the owners paid out the coaches and the players, despite the fact that the season was being canceled after week five. So that was a very good sign that they were in it for the long haul, you know, that runway, as they call it, Mm -hmm. to try to make their money back. So they've got 13 teams now. I know at least one or two teams is coming in next year. Um, Venues are starting to be built that are favorable for rugby because you can't, you know, we've got these huge stadiums over here, you know, in America, we've got huge college football stadiums, professional football stadiums. And, you know, if we're we're bringing in three to 6,000 fans a game, you can't have them in this, these cavernous stadiums. Plus a rugby field is like a soccer field in size. So, you know, football fields tend to be too narrow. And if you have seats right along the sidelines, you can't play in them anyway. You know, so it's it's a bit of a challenge in terms of venues, but it's getting there. You know, it's getting there. It's pretty exciting to be part of the the history of this thing taking off in America because I never thought I'd see it. To be honest with you. 
So now that it's happened over the last five years, what impact has that had on the growth of the sport in this country and how much growth still needs to occur in the years ahead? And I want to say that the U.S. has a, a serious bid out for a future World Cup in rugby, yeah. right, in the 2030s. Yeah, they've got the Men's World Cup bid in for 2031, and, and President Biden just did a thing on Twitter where he was signing a, signing a letter asking hmm. or backing it, you know, and that's a big deal. So we'd have to do something really pretty screwy to not get the 31 bid for the men's World Cup, but then we're also going to piggyback that for the women's World Cup in 30, uh, in 33. Mm. And with the soccer World Cup in, I think, 26, right. the stadiums will be tricked out to accommodate rugby. Mm. So rugby won't have to, or world rugby won't have to incur that cost of fixing stadiums or tweaking them. So they'll have it they'll have that advantage. So yeah, that's great. Plus you've got kids playing for the first time. You've got generations of players that are now happening on American soil. Whereas when I, I started playing in college and now guys that I played with have kids playing rugby and that's the way to grow a sport. And that's why they call it the fastest growing sport in America. Uh, it's interesting. You say that I was going to ask you, my next question was how does it compare to the growth of a sport like soccer, which we see obviously on a global scale, we see rugby on a global scale, lacrosse, obviously, is a sport that's growing in this country as well. Is this a sport that's growing at a faster rate than sports like soccer and lacrosse in this country? Yeah, you know, you know, the, the thing about those sports is they've been around a while mm -hmm. and they've they've got their foothold. So I, I guess it's almost an unfair comparison to just blatantly say that rugby is growing faster when, you know, these sports have grown over the course of decades. Um, and some would argue not fast enough or not enough. And now rugby is rugby is a different sport. You know, it's a contact sport. Americans love contact sports. Mm -hmm. You know, it's tackle soccer, basically, because that's how the game started. A kid, a kid that was bored to tears at practice at eight, in 1823, picked up a soccer ball, started running around. He got tackled. Hmm. They were like, hey, this is pretty cool. We just invented a new game. What are we going to call it? Well, we're at the school called rugby and the town called rugby. Let's call it rugby. So it's like the least imaginative name in the, <laughs> other than Main Street in the history of man. But, you know, it stuck. And that kid was Webb Ellis. And the Webb Ellis trophy is what you play for in the Rugby World Cup. Hmm. This is some, some cocktail party stuff for you. I, I like it. I like it. Matt McCarthy with us here, Left Coast Sports, with John Schaefer. Um, when you think about this sport in terms of growing fandom, is it an easy sport? to teach to others, whether they play it or not? If you make it over to a rugby match, is this something that can be picked up in a short period of time or does it take a little bit more? Are there, is there, are there nuances to it? I know from my firsthand experience, um, watching my first rugby game, I just thought it was absolute chaos mm -hmm. until somebody explained some very basic things. Like you see those guys coming together in what they call a scrum. It's right. eight eight of the biggest guys on your team against eight of the other biggest guys on the team. And they call that the scrum and that when, and they start engaged. In other words, they start locked at, and then they fight for the ball or they push each other back and forth and try to get some advantage. And then the ball goes back to the back of it. Somebody's back there, picks it up. Well, football, American football pulled those scrum, those, those scrummers apart and made them an offense and, offensive and defensive line, and it became the line of scrimmage. So when you explain that, like, oh, okay, so if the offense and defensive line started engaged with each other or locking horns, that would be what a scrum is. 
And a couple of basics are you can't block for anybody. So like when you're running the ball downfield, you can't, and I'm your teammate, you can't duck behind me and use me as a pick. I can't block for you. You're on your own against the 15 defenders. Mm. That's one thing. You can't pass the ball forward, but you can kick it forward. So if you and I are on the same team and I'm like midfield and you're on the sideline, I can put a booming kick up. You can run up and catch it on the fly or on the bounce, but you have to have started behind me when I kicked, right? And I could go down and kick and catch myself too. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of different options. Can't pass the ball forward and you can't block. Two main things. And the tackle doesn't end the play. So like in wrestling, you got to get back up on your feet. You get, you know, it combines a lot of different sports. And if you have somebody while you're at the game, just point out those basic things. You're like, oh, okay, hmm. that makes sense. But you have to be at a game for the first time to, to understand. It's like ice hockey. You know, when you're in an ice hockey game and you're sitting ringside or, you, you, you know, pretty good seats, you get it. When, whereas if you watch it on TV for the first time, you're like, oh, this is a waste of time. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because you call these games, uh, you're in these venues. What's the fan experience like for someone attending Major League Rugby compared to some of the other American sports like um, an NHL or an NBA or, or Major League Baseball? What's it like from a fan experience perspective? Well, I'd say it's certainly more intimate mm-hmm. and it's not dragged out. So you know you're in and out of there. It's 80-minute halves. It's not commercial. There's no commercial breaks. There's a hydration break at the 20-minute mark and then again at the 60-minute mark. Right. So two halves of 40 minutes, you could set your watch pretty much to when you're out. And that's the thing. You know, it's like an American football game has an average of 17 minutes of action per game over the course of three hours. Rugby is 80 minutes of of rugby. And it's just solid action. So that's a good thing for fan base when you're indoctrinating them. You're like the worst case scenario here. You're here for two hours. We're going to probably get some cheap beers and uh, you're going to see a lot of contact. Plus you have great seats because of the nature of the beast right now. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the growth of this league. You mentioned from seven teams to 13 teams. How does that impact the playoff structure? There's seven teams in the West. There's six teams in the East. How's the playoff structure? How's the regular season structured? You get three teams making the playoffs out of each conference, the Western Mm -hmm. conference and the Eastern conference. And there's also a points setup, kind of like in soccer, I guess, where um, if you lose but, and but you're within seven points, you get a bonus point. Hmm. If you score four tries, which is the equivalent of a touchdown, you get a bonus point. So you could technically lose a game and still get two bonus points, and those points are critical in the postseason playoff picture, right, to get in, specifically like in the West. You're seeing it with the San Diego yep. Legion. They're battling – uh, you know, it's like it depends on and it depends on their health because the Legion, unfortunately, haven't had that opening day roster on the pitch at the same time because they're a very talented group. But they've got injuries like everybody else. But they've had a, they've had a, a bigger share, I'd say. And, you know, every point matters. So Seattle law, I mean, they, they lost in Seattle last week, but they got a pivotal point and they almost came back and won that game. And they actually took two points in that loss which is the, the, you know, losing stinks. But if you're going to lose, get the two bonus points. So you mentioned San Diego and some of the injuries they've battled this year. For those that have seen the Legion, they might know what to expect. But, you know, what has it been like for Legion fans this year? Up and down, right? A 500 record, but hanging in in the Western Conference. So what have you seen from this team? And is there a potential for some growth? Are they going to get some of these players back? 
Yeah, the key ball handler, ball handlers, handlers. That's easy for me to say in <laughs> rugby are the nine and ten positions. Mm. They're kind of like a combination of quarterback and uh, uh, halfbacks, mm. in in a in a way. Um, and those positions have been a, a a problem for the Legion in keeping them healthy. Nate Augsburger, uh, Will Hooley, they're at nine and ten, and then Joe Peterson, who's just a class player, can play fifteen, which is fullback, and or fly half which is number 10 but you know they had it so that joe was playing 15 and will was playing 10 but now with joe having to play 10 because will hooley and augsburger are both out you know that's that's your first most important guys that touch the ball on the field and they've been playing without them for a considerable amount of time now there is a good chance they're going to get them back both of them uh for the stretch drive and they just have to survive right now because the West is crazy and they're beating up on each other. And, the, you know, they're right there. 500 gets you right there right now because you're on that you're on that third place spot. I know they don't Legion fans, the cohorts don't want third place, but you're going to still get into the playoffs and your team might be healthy by then. Talking about the uh, the Legion long term, because I know that they've used multiple venues right now. They're playing at San Diego State University. In the future, they're going to be playing at a brand new stadium that seats around thirty or thirty five thousand in San Diego, the home for San Diego State football, Snapdragon Stadium. What role will an enhanced venue have for the success of a rugby team, or what role could it potentially play? It'll be great, you know. And the fans, I got to, you know, I got to tip my cap mm-hmm. to the, the San Diego Legion fans because they have been great. You got two really strong fan bases in the West, in Seattle and in San Diego, and they they filled that stadium. I think it was what San Diego uh, Terrero Stadium. Yep. Right. Unfortunately, they couldn't go back. It was a little little bit of a, an issue there, but they're gonna have they're gonna love the Snapdragon mm-hmm. Stadium, and I and I'm told that they can. There's going to be an accommodation for. Uh, seating and stuff. So it's it's just going to be great. You know, you go to a new ballpark. Yeah. It's cool, right? I mean, mm-hmm. look, look at Petco when it first came, sure. when it first opened. And it's still, I, I walk into Petco and I'm I'm a, I'm a New York Mets fan. Take it easy. I live in New York. <laughs> Not a Yankees fan at least, right? But I go into Petco and I'm like, wow, this is a special place. And same thing for rugby, like any other sport, when you have a special place to play like they're building right now, it's going to be fabulous for the fans. I know we're a few weeks away, but there is an upcoming match on your view television between San Diego and Austin. Um, t- tell us about the keys for Austin's success this year, because they've put together a great year, obviously, in Major League Rugby. And what are your expectations for, for that coming up? Again, a handful of weeks from now. So the Austin franchise is a great example of how a team was basically left for dead. They didn't have any support. They, they had the ownership was in, up, up, in, uh, up in arms, uh, and they were about to fold. And then... Adam Gilchrist, who owns the L.A. franchise called the Giltinis, came in and bought them and saved them, right? And I know there's rumors that the team is being sold to a a new owner, but the new owner is an Austin-based person that wants to keep the team in Austin, which is great news. But they they were a franchise left for dead, and it just shows how quickly a team could turn around with some, you know, with the right ownership group and the right amount of cash and the right amount of enthusiasm and the, and the Gilgronis like the Giltinis, are named after drinks after the owner, Adam Gilchrist. I don't know if you know that, Hmm. but it's like a Giltini is when he makes a martini for his friends. And when he makes a Negroni or something like that, it's a Gilgroni, (laughs) right? And it was, you know what, he got a lot of grief for it, but it put them on the map in terms of people talking about a moribund franchise at that point.
in the mm-hmm. Austin Gilgronis. They are a formidable, strong team right now. They are, they are deep. They're big. They're fast. Um, they are healthy, more relative to the rest of the division. But, San Di- you know, again, San Diego has the players on that roster, whereas if they can get them on the pitch, they can win. And that's, that's a match to circle on your calendar if you're a rugby fan. You mentioned ownership and its importance. You know, how, how critical is it? As in, there's a draft component, there's a signing component, like, and then there's obviously an ownership component as well. How, how critical is the ownership for the success of these 13 franchises? It, it, it can't be underestimated. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the most important thing because you see across the league the different ownership groups and the amounts of money that different owners have. Some, some owners are more wealthy than others or have more resources than others. And, you know, you got some, some of these other franchises that are just, you know, trying and scraping and trying to get by. And then you got some of the big shots. There is a salary cap in the league. So that kind of helps keeps things even. And I know that um, other owners help out other franchises. They're trying to keep them alive. So there is this camaraderie kind of thing. I don't know how much longer that'll that'll go on as you know owners want to win too right they all everybody wants to win that's why we're in this thing so uh right right now you got you got a great ownership group in san diego fabulous you know they're one of the top ownership groups in the league so legion fans should be very excited tell us about your venture in addition to calling major league rugby games rugbywrapup.com what can um those that have an interest in this league find at that site and, and it's beyond just major league rugby right yeah so the uh, elevator pitch is rugby wrap-up is global rugby coverage sometimes with a wink because there's a lot of characters in the game of rugby and they're all accessible it's just the whole different thing about hmm. rugby that i have found uh is that the superstars and the big name coaches the bill Belichicks and the tom brady's they're all accessible and they're all like yeah, I'll come on your show. And I have I have shows. I have a college rugby wrap-up on a weekly basis. I have a major league rugby show. We have the rugby odds, which we're – I got WWE legend John Bradshaw Layfield, who's mm. now hooked on rugby. Uh, he's on it with me weekly with Gift A. Belu, and we just, like, make fun of each other, have a good time, and then give you a point spread on major league rugby games. And we'll also, after the season, go on to other setups across the globe. And it's a fun show. That's so. There's three different shows that we have right now, but then we do an, an actually an all international show uh, where we have different stars from across the, the globe and the world coming on. So it's all on RugbyWrapUp.com. And for, for San Diego fans, we're on Your View Channel Four on every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Very cool. Very cool. We, we mentioned this uh, World Cup potentially coming to the U.S. within the next decade. In 2031, it got me thinking, where does the U.S. national team compare? or How do they compare to other national teams worldwide? Oh, this is this is the hot button topic. <laughs> USA Rugby has been struggling as an organization over the last six, seven, eight, ten years, depending on who you talk to. And they've mm-hmm. had to declare two bankruptcies. Well, which is never a, a good thing. Right. But. Right now, I think they're back on track. World Rugby is indeed recognizing them because they are saying, okay, we'll give you the World Cup in 2031. You know, this is a pretty, pretty, I'd say the the odds are 90% that we're going to get that World Cup in 2031. Uh, And what that means is that World Rugby will commit to rugby in the United States with, with money, 
an influx of cash to help build up the game because it's in their best interests to build up the game and have a fan base here in America that's can support a rugby world cup. So, you know, team USA right now ranked 17th, I think off the top of my head, we were as high as 10, a couple of four or five years ago, and we've taken some steps backwards. Uh, COVID certainly didn't help us because other setups across the globe, other teams, international teams are playing more matches. We're not, we didn't play a lot of matches because the United States was basically shut down. Um, and we've got, we've got to beat Chile in two games in a two game series this summer. I think it's in July. We have to beat them to qualify for the rugby world cup. So hmm. a lot's on the table in those two matches, but fortunately major league rugby has the, our guys playing a lot of good rugby that they didn't play before. You know, the USA rugby would be a bunch of guys and, you know, most of them had day jobs. Some of them played overseas, but now I think for the first time, everybody in camp will have some professional rugby experience. So, and that's because of major league rugby. Matt McCarthy, again, rugbywrapup.com. You can catch him in May right here on your view, San Diego and Austin, major league rugby. Um, hopefully get a chance to check it out here in 2022. Matt, really appreciate your time. And again, for our viewers and listeners, make sure to check out his site, rugbywrapup.com. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, sir. Go check out a game, folks. You'll love it. No question about it. For previous episodes or more information about Left Coast Sports, you can visit yourview.com. That's Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. For Matt, I'm John. You've been watching Left Coast Sports.